You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Bricka. She's a pop act from Miami, and she's releasing music that's so different to what's around us currently. Her approach to songwriting is personal, yet it doesn't feel gimmicky or try-hard at all. It's really interesting to see how she's approached uh, being very open, being very revealing, yet still kind of shrouded in mystery. And it's very intriguing when you consider the fact that a lot of the arrangements to her music is quite minimalistic, yet her songs still have hooks, her songs still bang, and they're fucking awesome, and you're gonna love it. So, without further ado, let's jump into this. This is the 405 Exchange, Bricka. Enjoy. So thanks for finding the time to chat. Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, it's always helpful to start at the beginning. So tell me, when did music come into your life? All my life, there was never a point that I was doing something music related. Really? Yeah, always. Like, from before I can even actually write, like, knew how to write. I would, like, draw pictures for, like, the songs that I made. Really? I wanted to be Britney Spears. Yeah, of course. Was it one of those things that you were, like, singing before you were talking? Because sometimes I've heard of kids like that. 100%, yeah. yeah. I just so always good. was singing, always. Yeah, you know, what re- was really interesting to me when I was reading up about you is how you grew up in Miami. And I think for a lot of us here in New York, we're obviously familiar with the transient nature of Miami, how people go there and go away. But, like, to actually grow up there, like, what is that like? Um, it's really interesting because we have so much diversity, especially, like... Anglo versus Latin like I speak fluent Spanish and English and I take it for granted like being that you live in Miami you're just like no I don't speak Spanish like you never want to speak Spanish because it's so basic everyone can speak it and then you leave Miami and you're just like yeah I'm a Latin I'm Cuban (laughs) I'm actually Cuban if you didn't know I'm a bit exotic you know like yeah, so. well, something I think is interesting with that, especially with the cultural aspect, is that so many of the various uh, Latin cultures are very musical and very rhythmic. And I feel like being in an environment like that, where all these cultures are meshing, that must have like played quite an influence to you growing up, right? Yeah, to an extent, because instead of doing that stuff, I try to do the total opposite. A lot of my music yeah. has like very minimal like beats. You know, it's not so beat driven. Um, two of them are like more bass driven, if anything. And I think it's because I wanted to steer away totally from like Latin world for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you more about that because that was something that really struck me. Listen to your music, but going a little further into that, that's interesting to hear you say that. Like, would you say like the way you find yourself going in terms of musical direction, it was a bit of a contrast to what was around you? Cause yeah, there there's wasn't... no indie artist coming out of Miami right now. I I can I can genuinely name two people that are doing something different from. EDM house or Spanish music. There's very few, you know, versus New York. You guys have like a ton of artists that are like that coming out of here, but that's so rare for Miami. Yeah. Even finding like, you know, musicians and things like that can be sometimes a, a bit of a challenge to play with you live. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think that does? Like, cause I imagine what's interesting in a city like here in New York or London or LA, there's always this sense of community and the sense of, you know, you, there's probably a person's guitar, a person's drum you could borrow from like down the street. But I imagine you just have to find yourself getting a little bit more creative. So yeah, I'm definitely fortunate enough to be part of kind of like my my label, Art House, mm-hmm. because we have so much musicians to our disposal in, in the small space that is Miami yeah. musicians. Um, but if I didn't have that, then yeah, it would be exactly how you described it. It'd be like 
Uh, my god, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that play guitar, but it's like to the level and the caliber that you want as an artist to represent you. That's a whole other, you know, monster. Even my drummer, we found him through somebody else in Orlando. You know, it was like that. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're here in New York to play a couple shows that just generally do like you know the business stuff that musicians have to do. But like, tell me, like, what what were those first couple shows in Miami like? Because I imagine like coming here to play a show must feel a bit different than it does over there in a lot of ways. Yeah. I would say that in New York, it felt like more of my fans are there. Like I'm going to a show because kind of like my fans want me there. Like mm. I played Mercury Lounge and there was like people singing my lyrics and, and, and my songs. They knew everything. They're like, oh my gosh, can I keep your set list? And I was like, what? what is going on here? And you know, maybe two or three people, but it's still such a great feeling. Yeah. These little songs that you wrote in Miami that, you know, somebody's like so excited just to keep your set list. Yeah. Versus when you play in Miami, it's more... It's, it's more people just going to see live music, and yeah. then you'll get one or two people that'll be there like, oh, I've been following you, you know? Yeah. So it's just different because there is such a small market for what I'm doing over there. Yeah, I imagine the positive in that, though, is it kind of almost puts you in a position where you definitely want to get the attention of the crowd, knowing that it's almost going to be a bit of like a fight in some ways, right? Yeah, I, I definitely like welcome the challenge. That's wicked. Um, so the first song of, t of yours I heard was uh, Just Want to Be Single. And uh, I'm always amazed when musicians are able to take things that we're always thinking or we're going through, but we rarely ever discuss. I feel like you really hit that with that song. Um, you want to talk to me about how that one came together? Because that's it a almost, very special song. Yeah, that song, I would say that there's two songs that were written relatively quickly and more just because that's exactly what I wanted to say and it flowed naturally. Yeah. And that was one of them next to expectations so that one we probably wrote it in an hour i'm not even kidding yeah. the lyrics everything we just we had it done i was just like i just want to be single and i want to <laughs> write about a song about being single and it's also basic and silly and you know pop and, and kind of like dumb but i i don't like limiting myself as an artist in a way like i don't like not doing things just because i think it's going to be too superficial or pretentious or this and that no i'm feeling yeah. that i just want to be single you want to put that in the box of oh poppy basic easy that's fine i'm feeling that i want to be single and that's what's important to me you know there's a time and a place for those pop songs and there's a time and a place to get a little bit deep and i think that i have that in other of my songs so yeah but going into what i brought up about that element that I think so many people can relate to that. I feel like you don't even have to be in specific spaces or places in your life to feel that. Like someone who works at like an office or someone who even just goes to school, they can really understand that sensation, regardless of even if the relationship's good. Because that's what I found really interesting, is that you could probably be in a really great relationship and still have that feeling. And I felt like the song conveyed that in a really interesting way. Thanks, yeah, I mean, that's what I was, I was trying to, you know, say how I felt and hopefully like you know people that are down in the dumps or just got a relationship or even in one that they're bored yeah. they can just like drive in their car and jam like I just want to be fucking single <laughs> like I don't want to do this shit like oh uh, you brought up before about like how there's quite a bit of sparse instrumentation that goes on throughout our music and I that was definitely the first thing I noticed as well what I wonder in that regard, and I feel like I've noticed some of a lot of other acts who kind of do similar things, is like how it makes the vocal so prominent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I generally hear it's one or two ways, whether the artist very much wants that or they have to learn to grow into that. What it was When you were making music, did you find yourself comfortable with how front and center your vocals were in that regard? So I started at Art House, the independent label, with Julio Reyes, who's a producer, especially a very, very well-known producer, actually. and. Mm -hmm. I developed my sound in my first album, who he was the exclusive producer of, and he 
always encouraged, he, he like really loved my vocals and he always encouraged me to like put them front and center, put them front and center. And that was honestly, that front and center aspect was his idea. If anything, I was more like, I want to be more indie, more like shh, like yeah. quiet, put the drums loud, you know, things like that. He's like, no, 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 your voice is so beautiful. Like you need to accentuate it. Like it's unique. You know, this is what's going to make you, you. And you know, after like expectations, which was one of the early songs, I was, I, I fell in love kind of with more of that sound. Yeah. And I, I realized that I'll have certain songs that have that, and if the occasion presents itself, I'll lower the vocals yeah. a bit. But that's kind of how the idea was brought about. That must be such a trippy, trippy thing to experience in real time, because you're in real time figuring out your voice, but also growing comfortable with it, and like that just has to be really interesting. Voice Memos, which was my my first album, was very interesting because I was learning how to be a musician but I was also learning how to be a professional because I didn't even know I remember I had these dumb questions in my head I was so like young too I was like yeah. where do I put my arms when I'm recording am I allowed to like move my head too much or is that like super cheesy like yeah. dumb little mannerisms and things that you overthink or like how do I say I don't like this like I don't like it or how do I say I do like something and not seem too eager or overexcited you know especially when you're dealing with these like really high profile musicians yeah. it was it's very confusing so while I was making voice memos I was not only going through that but figuring out who Brika was and then also writing songs and things like that uh, I think what you described is there's something a lot of musicians can relate to especially in the early days where when you think about it even though there's other musicians you could talk to and maybe reach out to there's really no like simple way of learning how to navigate in those early days there's so much you have to learn just from experience yeah you just have to put yourself out there but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no one I, talks about it. It's really weird. No one talks. Yeah. Like, you don't ever see interviews where someone's like, I didn't know where to put my arms. Like, <laughs> who talks about that? Yeah. You or know I didn't mean? know how to book a show. Or I didn't know who to reach out to. I didn't know. Well, that aspect, I was always good. I was very lucky yeah. with how I came into it because I was surrounded by such, again, high profile, high caliber people. But more like how to talk. Like, how do you say you don't like something? You know, like, do you, you don't want to say you like it just to suck, you know, yeah. suck up and things like that. So. Yeah. found a way how to change the direction yeah of and cubans which i'm cuban so like cubans in general like we're very straightforward to the point like we'll say like no i don't like it oh it's just like a cultural thing yeah and that doesn't work for everybody <laughs> <laughs> well, you know and we don't see it yeah. as impolite or rude but other people might you know for us that's just like you don't like it so thanks for letting me know yeah. you know well, it's actually funny you bring that up i was gonna bring that later on but it'd be good to talk about that a bit more um i grew up knowing some cubans from my life uh, my parents are haitian mm -hmm. and it's just we used to go to miami all the time so it's one of those things of osmosis <laughs> and something i always found funny especially when i was in college here in new york was that um like whenever like cuban friends of mine came to here in new york and were doing college and like you know working in offices and things like that it was interesting seeing them navigate having to like tone it down you have to cut to around your Cuban. It's like a thing. It's really funny. Like, but I love it. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I definitely have to tone it down. Like, I have to like be softer and like because like you, you will. It's just a really harsh, but not in, not to actual Cubans because to them they just see it as like honesty and like honesty is good and it's cool. Yeah. To others, you know, it's rude. I think that and you need to tone down that honesty. Yeah, and I think to be honest, I think it correlates nicely with your music because when I was listening to your album, what I found really int interesting was like how, even though we talked about the elements being sparse out front and vocal, front and center of your vocals were, some of the lyrics do have this aspect of mystery tone, but for the most part, it is pretty general. It's pretty direct. That it's like this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, and like I think maybe culturally that kind of comes and plays into it a bit. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. your influences 
make appearances, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask a bit about expectations. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, this song's a really great representation of your music as a whole. I mean, I don't think you could always distill an artist into a song, but I feel like if you hear that song first and you go into the other songs, so many things end up making sense. Um, I see it the same way. I was going to ask you that. Like, does it feel that way for you as the artist who made that song? Yeah, 100%. That song is, for me, like, the first song that I was like, all right, this is me, this is my voice, this is my angle, my... This is who I am, you know? And I I do feel that people should definitely listen to Expectations first and then dive into everything else because it puts it in the right pocket. Yeah. Tell me, how different is the finished version of Expectations from the first version you ever worked on? Actually, in voice memos, I have the actual voice memo of me writing the song on the piano yeah. and like recording myself, and it's it's not that different. I mean, we just added like a, a electronic, like a like a bass kick type of thing, like a walt walt walt, yeah. like a synth bass, I guess you want to call it. And then um, we kept it really simple because we loved it. Just a little, you know, few electronic elements, that womp womp. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> you should patent polish that. the vocals. <laughs> polish the vocals a bit. We kept it. We kept it really simple. You know, something that I love about voice memos is that, like, it's one of those projects that I feel is obviously so specific to you and your artistry. But I think you, like, for any artist, you have to arrive to a point where you realize you can actually create a bit of work like that. And what I found really intri- intriguing is just like it works so well as a whole. But I imagine while you were working on it, it probably didn't feel as cohesive as it, the finished version does. Yeah, you, you never know. You never yeah. know how it's going to finish. You just write, 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 and yeah. you pick the ones you like in the end. But it felt really cohesive. Yeah. But naturally, like, you'll realize that like whatever you're writing in the same, same span of time ends up matching anyways because you're going based off your current influences. Yeah. I know it's like a big question to ask, but like when you're working on an album like that in the studio and you're like writing and you're like, you know, referencing all these things, it's like, and you mentioned your producer before, this is what I'm intrigued with. How do you make what's in your head, how do you make it make sense to the person you're working with? Like, how do you convey what you want to convey and then have that kind of collaborative atmosphere? Um, I think if you're working with the right person, it happens naturally. It's when you're working with the wrong person that they don't understand you and you probably shouldn't even be in the room. Yeah. Um, Julio is, is very sensitive and weirdo, you know, in a good way. Yeah. So, like, you can say, like, duck swimming in a pond, jumping over the mountain. And he'll be like, ah, of course. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. You know, so he, he understands that, like, creative language because he's very much a part of that space. Yeah. How you convey it is... It's, it's just if you're with the right person, you can say anything and they understand. Yeah. And you, obviously, with time, you learn how to actually identify particular sounds and you learn to use your library of music in your head to like point out that song you heard 10 years ago yeah. and then say that kick with fast forward from a year ago, that guitar. I feel like what must be really amazing about that type of relationship, but relationship especially as an artist, is that I imagine it makes you feel energized while you're working. Like, the fact that there's someone there that you can bounce ideas of mm-hmm. and just kind of, like... Like, I don't want to say validating, but it's, like... I imagine as an artist, you might say something out loud and go, like, I don't know if this is going to work. And the fact that someone reacts to it, like, right away, you're just kind of like, yeah, let's go with this. Yeah. I mean, it's never perfect, perfect. You know, sometimes you, there, you have, like, a certain idea and then you play it and you're like, oh, it wasn't that good. And then the other person will interject and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, absolutely. it's yeah. it, it makes you... 
brings you life. Yeah, <laughs> Especially right. when the song's done, you're just like, ah, I love it, you know? I wanted to ask about um, Internet Blues because it's the latest track you've released. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting for me is that it's not all tracks that I listen to from musicians that make me pay attention to the lyrics. I feel that's one of those songs that makes you pay attention to the lyrics right away. Like, there's no other way to listen to it. Uh, what was it like for you to write that song after working on a full project? Because I feel like the your songwriting might, you know, obviously evolve, but I wonder what you've noticed as the artist. Um, and when you refer to, like, the project, are you referring to voice memos? Uh, voice memos, yeah. How was it? You know, it was... It was a lot quicker and easier to get my ideas across. Really? And I was more confident in myself, and I was more like, I want this, this, that. It was not so much stuttering or like, the mountains with the prairie, <laughs> you know, like to describe sounds. I was like, no, the organ, and then like pitch it down, you know, just better terminology, easier communication. Um, also, tr when you did so much of the stuff that you thought you always wanted to do, you realize how much things are left to do. Yeah. That are in, and I just, I guess I try, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I guess I just tried to do something totally different from voice memos. I made it like super like electronic ish and like yeah. hype up, which I was super against for a while. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. I mean, we could kind of go in a little deeper because that's actually, when I was on my way here, that was something that was very much on my mind. I find myself thinking about this a lot with like uh, acts who are going into making like a second album or a second EP, like things of that nature. Is that it must be so crazy to make like a full project like voice memos and then get to the end of that and probably still have so much that you want to say or so much you want to put into but you just finished something yeah i'm not even close to done like there's so many songs that need to be written that i know the style and i i know i want to do it but it always happens that you can't perfectly time these things you get into the studio thinking you're gonna write one song you leave writing a totally different one i can't tell you how many times that's happened to me what's the day-to-day -day like like do you find song ideas changing or are they feeling more concrete because you mentioned the aspect of feeling like you know more assured in the songwriting but because you have such time in between of when you could go to another studio when you get to write again like is it difficult to like make sure song ideas don't fluctuate too much or um I'm, I'm very fortunate that if I have a, a song idea, I can get in the studio the next day if I wanted to. And I'm like, oh my god, I love it, Nico, Julio, let's go, let's do this. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. Like, they'll move their schedule, like, they'll make it work, you know, they're, they're very sensitive and they're very plugged into the crea how creativity works. Yeah. You know, once you understand the language of creativity, you realize that, like, time is of the essence. You, once you get an idea, you have to catch it. But there, of course, there are circumstances where I think of an idea and then time passes. I'm, I would say that I'm just, like, I wouldn't say stubborn because that's not the right word, but <laughs> I'm, like, so stuck on my initial idea that I, I don't lose it, but I can imagine that that doesn't apply to everybody. Yeah. I have such a clear vision of what that song is going to be that I can't even think of it being anything else, even with time passing. Yeah, but that, I mean, to me, I imagine that works very much in your favor, having, like, a very clean, like, a very, cl not clean, but a very, like, clear, like, directive and vision of what you want to accomplish. Yes. Because it's a, that leaves you a lot to build on to, I think. 100%. I've never had... I know that some people have, like, identity crisis, or they don't know, you know, what exactly it is that they want to do, or be, or look, and I just i have never had an issue with that. I'll, I'll say that in the beginning of voice memos, I had to find the right way to express that and the right channel. Yeah. But in terms of, like, look and how I wanted to come across as an artist and, like, how I wanted to carry myself, like, that was just always very clear to me. Yeah. Does it feel like, how? because I mean, I can only 
gauge from what I see, like read from people, but for the most part, it seems like people got it. Like when people like react to the voice memos, it seems like people understood exactly what you were going for. And I bring that up because, again, I, I brought this up a little bit earlier. I think it's one of those things that if you contextualize and just like words and describing what it is, people might not get. But for people who've listened to it and actually experienced it, it seems like it really clicked with people. Yeah, I I realized it clicked when. I would see on Instagram like people tagging me things and they'll tag me next to another person. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. Not saying like to compare anything, but it's like, you know, based on like what, you know, even in playlists, they'd put me around people. I'm like, all right, okay, I see what's happening here. So, yeah. You know, what, what really made uh, voicemail such a joy for me to listen to is it really does feel like it's a bit of a window and like how a lot of people are going to probably approach music going forward. Like, and to think that your project, in a lot of ways, is kind of like a catalyst for that. Like, when you think about it, like that's, that's really like, nice, thanks. yeah, of course. That's, it's a really, that's a really good compliment. It's a very unique compliment. Like, oh, cheers, yeah. yeah because thanks. I think it's interesting that we're in like 2019, and I think there are obviously a lot of traditional ways of approaching songwriting and recording. But I feel like so many people find themselves stuck in almost a sense of laziness. And what really was a joy listening to your project was like it was anything but lazy. I was not lazy. That was like so much hard work. We really like we gave that our all even in the new songs like we gave all these songs our all I think Taxi Man production Taxi lyrics Man's and everything that one that song was almost like five different other type of songs like I could see that how song that'd be grew and changed so much and I wrote I did that one with uh, Nico producer he's also part of kind of like the art house uh, little roof yeah probably took that that took us like a week but like for real you know, and then that doesn't even include that we live recorded some stuff that we even brought like a like a little vocal choir type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, that was not, none of them are lazy. I try not to make it that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm very far from being a lazy person. I'm kind of no, it definitely kinda shows. like crazy. It shows. And I think it's really important to point out for people listening who might not be uh, familiar with like music production and like songwriting and like, you know, layering and all that is that it's very easy to add on to like a song progressively and continuously but what really struck me with the sparseness of some of the songs and like how you know beat driven they were is that to keep things light like that to have negative space that's where it's difficult like to keep to just remove and to make sure the song in its essence is there that's a really hard thing to do so seriously hats off to you guys oh thanks yeah Yeah, i i try to also like surround myself in every aspect I mean not even just in the creatives and like you know a manager things like that with people that are actually there to work actually there to like hustle do things right you know work I mean there's a time for play but there's also like a time to like we we need to do this 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 and this and then we can go have fun and like have a mojito and like chill but if that's not done then I'm not okay with that see what really intrigues me about you saying musicians as well like they're like yeah yeah, like all like like Al is amazing and like guitarists and everything they're just like great See, what intrigues me if you saying that is I've been working with musicians for close to 10 years now. And usually musicians, like, at varying degrees, like when they start and when they go on their second album, when they go into all these different things. What was really interesting with you saying that the way you did is, it's like you say, it's a business. But it's interesting how so many artists have to, like, wait a while till they realize that. But here you are and you've already realized that. Like, that's really, yeah, it's good, thanks. it's important. I think it's important to be an artist, of course, but there's this, like, really stupid stigma that like if you're an artist you have to be like messy and cool and like you know like a wreck and like no you don't actually you know you can actually just be like a good musician a talented musician and be highly creative but also have your shit together and And that's what i like 
want to give to the world. That's what I want to like kind of show. Like we're not all, you know, fuck ups, you know, doing drugs. We're not all like getting drunk all the time. Like, do I get drunk? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, do I have fun? Yes. I am very far from being like a square. But when it's time for me to get my things done, when it's time to make sure everything's taken care of, it's taken care of and then I'll have fun. Yeah, exactly. And I imagine for you as well, being an artist and like, you know, doing all the stuff you're doing now, specifically with like your peers, it must be so wild seeing like other musicians and see how much they run things like a business. Yeah, I mean, everyone will, will say, even my friends, they'll say things like, well, it must be so fun doing that. It's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's also like, there's a lot of days that I'm in the studio, <laughs> like not sleeping. There's a lot, like there is a work. It looks like fun, but it's, it is, you know, it's a fun job. But it's a, it's but, a it's, job. but it's a job, yeah. and it's your job to like take care of your fans. It's a job to, yeah. I can't like so many people write me, and it, it drives me crazy. Like I don't have the time to like respond. Yeah. But then and then people get offended. It's like ah, like <laughs> I can't. Like I have to do so many things. Yeah, I only have a couple more questions for you, but thanks again for taking time to chat. No, no really thank awesome. you for having me. This is fun. I like yeah, this. I'm awesome. not nervous at all. I'm not even, I yeah. feel like I'm actually just having a conversation. That's right the now. point. That's what we hope for. <laughs> and your questions are unique and like they're cool, so I like this. Yeah, well, cheers. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look back on the making of uh, voice notes, uh, what do you think it was that surprised you the most of that experience? Because I think what's interesting about creating a body of work like that, there's so many thoughts you could have before you even work on it. Like so many not misconceptions, but ideas of what it would be like. And there's always a contrast between, you know, expectations and experience. So what do you think surprises you when you look back on that time? I would say the amount of what surprised me about that experience, what I didn't expect is, you know, you write something for the first time, you think no one's going to listen to it, no one's going to like it. And we just had, like, with expectations, because I was, like, the main one that everyone just clicked with. We had so many people reaching out, like, like nonstop. Then we had so we had like an overwhelming amount of like emails and opportunities and like creatives that wanted to be a part of it. And then um, like the placement. And I, I've never seen any of this before because I'd never done anything. So what surprised me the most was definitely the outcome. I thought nobody would like it. I thought nobody would listen. I thought it was weird. It wasn't cool enough for what was going on right now. And it just yeah worked out and you know i love that you brought that up just now because i think something that a lot of people might not realize is that obviously being a musician isn't the same as like being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever but there is actually a lot of practicalities and a lot of like things in place to make it kind of it's not as lofty as a career as someone could have in regards to what you're talking about people reaching out to like those are people trying to like do business with you in a way yeah Yeah. exactly it's creative but it is all right. In the end of the day, there comes a time where you're just like, all right, how much are you getting paid? How much am I getting paid? See, I was what gonna, percentage are you going to take? Let's just let's just put it all on the table. See, you know, that's going to happen. I was going to ask, and you could tell it's me. It's so awkward. You could tell me if I'm dead wrong and uh, even asking this, but something <laughs> I was curious about when I found out you're a Cuban, and knowing like what those type of households were like, is it the type of thing that when those kind of offers came in, you kind of went to your parents? You're like, see, this is legit. I told you. I told oh, you this is legit. Oh, you mean like because they think like it's not possible? Well, yeah, and that's me. Just assuming, but like I feel like I, you I mean you could prove me wrong. Like when when you came, I'm still telling them it's legit. See, that's what I was <laughs> I'm still telling them like this isn't uh, creatives can actually like be creatives and successfully live and not starve on the street <laughs> because they love to say like oh, but no ha comer nada, you know whatever they want to matar, you know. Or even worse, like today I got a call from my grandma, like, are you eating? And I'm like, 
Yeah. I'm just, just walking around town, I'm starving. Like you have a choice. <laughs> on the street begging right now, like a bunch of people, if I can eat something. Like, yeah, my body kind of needs food to function, so I think I did eat. Like, are you wearing a sweater? I'm, this is all in Spanish, like, you know, sweat it. Like that, like with an eye, like a grandma. I'm just like, no, I'm just right now in the snow in a swimsuit, because that's all I got. You know, like, I don't have a pool. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, well, tell me this before I let you go. I just, I'm, I was thinking this right when you told me about how you grew up with music. And I think this would be a good place to leave it off at. But, like, what do you think it was growing up and for your parents to see how obvious music meant for you? Um, I think I think they thought what every parent would think, and even me in the future I'll probably think too at some point, is, fuck, she likes music a lot. <laughs> like, could have been anything else. It could have been a simple life. It could have been an attorney, a doctor, you know, like, a simple life. But, like... Oh shit! This, <laughs> this bitch likes music. Like, I hope this isn't what I think it's gonna be. Like, she's gonna be so disappointed, and you know. Yeah. But um, I've been really fortunate. You know, I think I have a lot of songs left to write. I think I have a lot of experiences left to live, and a lot of room to grow. And I'm, I'm looking forward to like the just like the journey of it because I've already learned so much, and I'm already. St- so much more like I understand everything to a different extent now versus when I started that I can't imagine like how much more it's going to change now that things are going to like begin to change yeah you know I know I said last question but actually another thing because this is pretty wild to me so we're in the Soho house now and you're going to be playing a show here later tonight oh your stuff is set up right now which is pretty cool yeah I think we're about to do sound check yeah what's it like for you to look at that like to see all that stuff there I know you're going to be on the stage in a bit that's kind of wild you know what? I don't even like think about it too much because no? <laughs> if you like think about it like that, then you start saying like, <gasps> you know, you start getting nervous. But I think at this point, like, I just like, yeah, I'm gonna play and that's it. Like with some friends, we're just gonna have fun. If you don't see it like that, then you get too nervous. And then if you're nervous, then you're like, you don't even sing well because your body's shaking, and so yeah. your voice shakes, and you just sing like shit. So yeah. Yeah, try not to think about it like that. No, but true. No well, I mean, one, yeah. this, this is definitely room for a vibe for a good night. Thanks for talking. Really yeah, of course. It. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Maze is to talk.